0: So, today is going to be the last podcast of this lesson. Um, one of the biggest lessons. And uh, bauch Hashem, we're going to finish off this lesson today. Um, it's actually one of the last long lessons that we're, we're going to do. Part of the podcast, we're going to see how they get much shorter. Um, there are some bigger lessons, but I think this might be the biggest one. Um, the last big. Uh, this is the last, like, big, big one that we're going to do. So, bauch Hashem, we left off at v'ziperush. Now, Rabbanu is going to bring a beautiful um, gemara about Og Melech HaBashan, and Rabbeinu is going to take apart this Gemara and explain it within the context of uh, the lesson that he just gave, um, speaking about all the ideas we talked about um, and how it relates to the story in the Gemara Brachot, page 54b. And this is an explanation about the saying of the sages about Og Melech HaBashan. Amar, Og said, this is brought down in the Gemara, now we're quoting the Gemara. How big is the camp of the Jewish people? Three uh, parasangs, A measurement of a parsa. So Og said, I will go and uproot a three a mountain that is three parsas uh, big. And he cast it upon them. Oh, and he said, I will cast it upon them. So Og was ready to go and take a, apart this mountain. To rip this mountain uh, from the ground and to flip it upon the Jewish people, a Parse, he uprooted the mountain, the and set it on his head. Hashem brought ants onto the mountain. God brought ants onto the mountain, and they bore a hole through it. and the mountain dropped on his neck. Baile Mishle. He tried to remove it. But his teeth extended downward on that side and that side. Meaning his his teeth acted as a barrier preventing him from leaving this... um, His teeth acted as almost like a a stake in the ground. When you plant something in the ground so that you can't move. Basically his teeth extended um, on each side of the mountain preventing him from moving and removing the mountain from him. Moshe kam Moshe, how tall was he? he was ten amot high. Shkal nagab he took an axe that was ten amot long. Ujvar Asaramin, he jumped ten amot high. and struck Og on his ankle. Uktalen. and he killed him. This is the story of how Moshe Rabbeinu killed Og Menechabashan. A very, very um, esoteric story, deep story. Um, very cool. But uh, now Rabbeinu is going to explain the significance of these words of the Chachanim. Og I down to the Torah, Og's hold was on the right side. Og had his grasp from the right side, the yamin. And he would nourish himself from the holy dat, the holy consciousness and knowledge of God that we talked about above. It's like the Yetza, the evil side, um, which swallowed up all the the holy dat that we talked about. It's the same idea of Og. Og's dat, or sorry, Og's nourishment came from the holy dat. Uh, that uh, from the right side comes a a mind white as silver. So we see that the right side, which is where Og's grasp was from, you have a white mind like silver, which means what? The mind, the mentality, which is that. Therefore, Og wanted to overpower the Jewish people. And this is why it says in the Gemara over there that Og was asking, how big is the Jewish camp? And... um, um, how wide is the camp going and lasting for? And the answer was three passes, uh, three uh, pair Machaneh things. When Og was asking the, the camp of the Jewish people, he's asking the holiness and the sanctity of the camp of the Jewish people. It says in Zvarim chapter 23 that what does a imply? And it was that your camp and it shall be your camp or your camp shall be holy. So the camp represents holiness. He was asking how holy is the Jewish people. The, the Jewish people. And we know that the essential holiness and sanctity of the camp of the Jewish people depends upon how much we guard ourselves from sexual adultery, from sexual immorality. How much we are prevented, how much we guard ourselves from nocturnal omissions. It's brought over there in the parasha. Um, in Zahim chapter 23 I believe that we have to separate ourselves um, from this desire and the essential guarding and protection from this desire comes through <inaudible> three Parsis three pair what does that mean? <inaudible> meaning the three <inaudible> the three intellects <inaudible> and as we saw above in the lesson that each and every one of these intellects <inaudible> acts as a separate barrier Deployed against this desire. It acts as a protection against this desire. And this is what it says. That when Og was asking. How big is the Jewish camp? And the answer was three pairs. of things. Meaning that what? That the essential holiness of the camp of the Jewish people that were that they were holy bec- um, from this Tava meaning that they prevented themselves from this nocturnal omission God forbid as we talked about is through these three Parsis these three um, parsaot these three parasangs, meaning the three intellects the three mentalities which act as a, a barrier deployed against his desire as we talked about so what did he do? what did he say? Oak said I will go and I will uproot a mountain that is three parsaot big and I will uh, turn it uh, over them, cast it upon them. When it says, this represents prayer. As God says, I will bring them to my holy mountain and I will place them in my house of prayer. Oh, sorry, and I will make them joyous in my house of prayer. I'll make them joyous in my house of prayer. So bring them to the holy mountain. And making them choice in the in the house of prayer, we see that the mountain, the holy mountain, is uh, called in another way. God is saying a, mount, uh, uh, a house of prayer. So we see that the God's holy mountain is a, is a house of prayer. So we see that mountain, in this case, in the Gemara, is a reference to tefillah. And this is why it says, a mountain that is three parsaot, uh, because three parsaot. Prayer also is drawn from the three mentalities, which are the the um, the separate barriers as we talked about. That from these three three uh, mentalities are drawn these three types of rachamim, these three types of mercy. Which represented the three types of prayers we have during the day: the morning prayer, the afternoon prayer, and the night prayer meaning why is Og saying I'm going to uproot this mountain and turn it upon them and cast it upon them and we said the mountain represents prayer what does all this have to do with each other meaning that Og was saying Og representing the evil side what did he want to do he wants to nourish himself from uh, from the knowledge of God from holy dad he wants to nourish himself Nourish himself from that holy consciousness. He wants to uproot, God forbid, all the prayers of the Jewish people and to draw them uh, to him, and so that he should swallow them up, God forbid. As we talked about um, at the beginning of the lesson, and this is why it says in the Gemara that he said, "I will cast it upon them." Why? Because Og's main desire, or the evil side's main desire, is to draw him, to himself those prayers, so that he should grab onto them. So what does Og do? Why did say I want why did he say I want to cast it upon them? Because his main desire is to draw himself those prayers, so that he should grab onto them. And after one, once he's done with them, once he's absorbed those prayers, he wants to return them back and throw them back upon the Jewish people. Why? Because of the fact that he already nourished himself from those prayers. And then even though the fact that he returned it to the Jewish people, the Jewish people can't use those prayers anymore because they are still blemished by the fact that he has nourishment from them. Because we know that the, 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 the compassion of the wicked is actually cruelty. Meaning even the rachamim of the reshaim which in this case is Og trying to give us back our prayers, is still cruelty, meaning it's still blemished, so that we can't even use it. It might seem like compassion that he's throwing us back our prayers, but actually it's not compassion at all. It's already cruel because we can't use it in the first place. <speaking in Hebrew> and therefore when um, he's nourishing himself, God forbid, from the, the compassion and the prayers of the Jewish people, even though he's giving, them, giving the Jewish people from him his own prayers that he absorbed, and he's giving them back to us. Nonetheless, they are still blemished because of the fact that he grabbed onto them in the first place. And this is why it said in the Gemara, that Og was saying, I will cast this mountain upon them, because Og is saying that um, after that he had absorbed them and uprooted these prayers and swallowed these prayers, God forbid, he wants to return them back and to throw them back upon the Jewish people because they are already blemished because of what he did to them. <laughs> because um, the reason being that because sorry that because of the fact that the evil side was not subdued, It's that only, it's literally the evil side itself that decides to want to return these prayers back to the Jewish people. It's not that it's forced to give it back, like in the case when the Tzaddik prays at Filan, the aspect of Deen, that he forces the evil side to return back those prayers. No, the evil side is actually throwing back those prayers with its own volition. That Ogil wants to give it back. Why? Because we can't use them in the first place. He's taunting us. He's mocking us. Therefore, they are blemished. Therefore, when the evil side wants to give it back to us, and he throws upon the prayers back to us with its own volition, then we know that the prayers are blemished. We can't use it. But, whenever we remove remove those prayers from the innards of the evil side, Against its wills. Through that staff of strength, which is the prayer in the aspect of deen. Then the evil side is completely subdued. And then everything returns back to holiness in its entirety. As Rabinathan is saying, this appears to me. Meaning that this is the way it works that he went and he uprooted this mountain that had the size of three parsaot and um, he put it upon its head he put it upon his head meaning he went walking with it it's like he put it upon his shoulder meaning what did Og do? he uprooted our prayers which is that mountain that we talked about which is three parsaot big why? because tefillah stems from the three types of that three types of uh, and he um, he placed it up, upon his head and set it on his head what did that mean? meaning he drew, he drew those prayers of the Jewish people which are the aspect of Da'at um, this con- holy consciousness and Rachamim and compassion he drew it within his own mind and his own the chambers of his own mentality and it says that the Nachash was cunning, meaning that he had wisdom. Meaning he drew those, he drew those prayers to his own mind, his blemished mind. Can Then Ant came, God brought ants. This is the prayer of the Master of Strength. Which is in the aspect of Kimut, which comes from the word Kumta, Ant. What does Kimut mean? Rabbeinu playing with the word Kumta to mean what? Kimut, constriction, vedin and, and judgment. Meaning the prayer of the Tzaddik in the aspect of constriction and judgment. In the aspect of the staff of strength that we saw above. Unkavuhu. And what does it say over there in the Gemara? Unkavuhu. And uh, the ants put a hole through the mountain. Zibchinot, Nakafta Bematav Rosh Perazev Perazav. What does Unkavu come from? It comes from the phrase in Chabakuk chapter three With his own staff matav um, Rosh Perazav with his own staff he bore through the head of his arrayed troops. With the staff, sorry, um Yeah, with the staff, he he placed a hole through the head of these troops, meaning what? We're going to see here. Because through prayer, which is the prayer of constriction and judgment of this master of strength which is in the aspect of staff of strength as we see the staff in the verse in Habakkuk through this staff of strength which is that prayer of the tzaddik of the Bal we are able to break and subdue the evil side because that prayer stands in the throat and the passageway of this evil side it stands in the throat of the evil side oz. As it says, that strength resides in his neck. Meaning what? This oz, oh, this, this staff of strength, which is his prayer, resides in the neck of the evil side, preventing, making him vomit out all the prayers that he swore. when and this is why it says in the Gemara, V'nachet the mountain dropped on his neck. That the mountain dropped um, on uh, the neck of Og. Shehiyu omedet betzavaroh. Meaning what? That the prayer stands in the neck of the the evil side. That we saw above. That the strength resides in the neck. That Og tried to remove the the mountain. Meaning that what? That he is obligated to remove and to to throw out and to throw up, to vomit out all the holiness. Of all the prayers and the consciousness that he swallowed up. It says that he sold um, swallowed up well by but he spit it out. Um, and this is why it says in the Gemara, His teeth extended downward. Meaning, not only is it enough that he vomits out all the holiness which he swallowed, of all the prayers, but not only that, he also... Um, flushes out his own innards, as it's brought down in the, uh, in the verse, that God flushes it out of his innards. Meaning that he's obligated to remove his literal vitality. Which is the aspect of converts, as we saw. And this is why the Gemara uses the language of his teeth extended. teeth? As it says, its innards are sparkling ivory. What? Eshet Shen, comes with the word shine, uh, teeth. And meav, the innards. The innards we're talking about is what? The innards of the evil side, which is forced to literally take out of itself. It's forced to flush out its innards um, and to take out its vitality. So we see that the teeth are likened to the meav, the innards, which we see in the case here, that og. Is forced to remove all those prayers, and those um, the evil side is forced to remove all those holy, the holiness and it's even its own vitality from its inside. Uh, meaning that the evil side is obliged to remove its own life force and vitality from it within himself. It says God flushes it out of his innards. As it said in the verse, rule within your enemies, meaning that now, the inside of your enemies also you have rule over. Moshe, how Moshe was Tawazi. He was 10 amot high. Moshe represents prophecy. Because we know Moshe is the, is the rabbi of all the prophets. He is the master of all the prophets. As brother brought down a shemot rabba. Chapter 21, verse 4. And this represents the 10 Amot that Moshe was as tall as 10 Amot representing the 10 levels of prophecy because through the staff of strength we, we mentioned above that through the staff of strength we reveal God's glory by revealing God's glory we merit prophecy as we talked about above. Moshe took an axe that was 10. Amot Naga acts represents the the tools of the acts of creation, the the vessels which God used to create the world. And this is why it says that the act was ten amot Meaning what? Meaning the ten words. The 10 sayings through which God created the world. This represents the tools of the acts of creation. That God used 10 tools, meaning 10 sayings, to create the world. Because through prophecy, we merit faith. uh, Sorry. Meaning through prophecy, we merit faith which is the aspect of the 10 uh, sayings, which are the vessels of the acts of creation. Because through faith, we believe in the renewal of the world that God created everything with 10 sayings. As we said, that what is true emuna, that you believe that Hashem created everything with 10 sayings. And through faith, we merit the renewal of the world in the future. And in the future will be awakened this new song. Bezeu, as we know this song what it is, as brought down in the petek, this beautiful song. and this is what it says, Asar Amin. That he Moshe jumped ten amot. This represents the song of the future. Which is the song that's single, double, triple, quadruple, We know this song is ten letters. Which is why. Um, because it rep- corresponds to the ten letters of Yud, Yud-K, Yud-K-Vav, Yud-K-Vav-K Na-Nach, Nachman, Nachman is ten letters This represents the ten Amot high That Moshe jumped ten Amot Representing he awakened that song of the future Which is the song of single, double, triple, quadruple The song that will bring in the renewal of the world And this is why it says in the Gemara in the He jumped He jumped This represents what, as it says in Shir Hashirim, skipping over the mountains, jumping over the mountains, jumping over the hills. What do mountains and hills represent? They represent scents, fragrances. In the aspect of what is brought down, in Shir Hashirim, chapter 4, I will take myself, and to the mountain of Mor, the spice. To the hill of fragrant So we see that the mountains and hills represent all these fragrances, these spices. What do these represent? What do the hills and mountains represent? These fragrances which grow in the garden through the voice of that beautiful melody which waters the garden. So we know the voice of that melody, the melody of the song that's single, double, triple, ka is what waters the garden, which represents all these fragrances this is why it says in skipping over the mountains and jumping over the hills. This represents the melody we talked about above. That through this melody grows all these fragrances. Which represents mountains and hills. And this is why it says the word Medaleg. What did it say? Skipping over and jumping over. This represents the notes. Of the melody Shekuni Masin, which they call Masin. In which how do you create these notes? You create it through jumping and skipping across the strings of the instrument. And this is what it says that he jumped Meaning Moshe merited this melody, which is the aspect of skipping over the mountains and jumping over the hills. Because through the aspects above Which Moshe merited One merits this melody This melody represents this voice we mentioned above This voice of rebuke which, uh, which is the voice of Yaakov The aspect of the voice of Yaakov Which subdues the heel of the evil side As we saw that Esav held on to the heel We see that Esav has the aspect of a heel of the evil side And we know that the voice of Yaakov Subdues the voice or the heel of the evil side, and this is why it says in the Gemah, that Moshe struck Og's ankle, and killed him. Meaning that Moshe struck and subdued the heel of the evil side through the aspect of the voice of the melody we talked about above. Which is the voice of Yaakov, which um, lowers and subdues the evil side. As it says about Yaakov, uh, sorry, I said earlier that Esav was holding on to the heel. No, sorry, that Yaakov was holding on to the heel. The Yaakov is meant to subdue the heel of Esav. And the, the hand of Yaakov was holding on to the heel of Esav. So we see that the, the Yaakov is meant, the voice of Yaakov, is there to combat the evil side of Esav. And this is an explanation of the verse we started this lesson with. T'kubah Shofar blow the Shofar at the month's renewal and we saw that tekiyah represents this revelation of Kavod so when it says tiku blow this represents the revelation of God's glory as it says in the verse I'll affix him as a peg in a secure place and he'll be as the throne of glory so we see that Utkatid uh, this affixing in a position of authority is this aspect of glory this revelation of glory, Uh, at the month's renewal, this represents, the renewal of the world, this new song, this is the aspect, of the, the Shofar, as it says in the verse, raise up your voice like a Shofar, this voice of holiness, of the Yaakov, then the verse further explains, how one merits to reveal the glory of God? Shavu'kinat Tik'u, which is the aspect of Tik'u, as we saw. How does one merit to 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 reveal the, God's glory and to merit the aspect of the renewal of the world? Bechinat She'ir which is the aspect of the new song. Shavu'kinat Bechodesh Shafah which is the aspect of doing the Shavu'ah at the month renewal. The the month meaning Bechodesh, meaning Chidush the renewal of the world. So the verse explains at the covering over of the moon on the day of our festival. When it covers over, what does that mean? This represents prophecy. As it says in Bereshi chapter 18. Why do we know that covering over represents prophecy? As it says in the verse. Should I conceal from Abraham what I'm about to do? Meaning what? This represents prophecy. Because it says in Amos, chapter 3, that God will not... Um, God, Hashem... Um, Hashem, our God, will not do anything unless He reveals His secrets to His servants and His prophets. Meaning what? What does it say in the verse in, in Bereshit chapter 18? That Hashem is basically asking rhetorically, how can I do something? Um... And conceal something from abraham and then do something meaning i have to reveal it to him before i do it so we see that prophecy represents this idea of which is the idea of meaning god will never cover something over from his servants and his prophet before doing it before meaning that this is the aspect of prophecy on the day of our festival this represents rosh hashanah this represents emunah, which is rectified through the rectification of the strength of the imagination. Which is the aspect of Chag. chapter 44, Look how Rabenu's mastery of, of the Torah comes full circle, how he brings all these verses to play with the words. As Rabbeinu um, speaks about his chidush, how big of a chiddush he was with the, with, the, with wordplay. with and with a compass he marks it out. comes from the word chag. Tearehu he marks it out. what is tearehu come from attribute and depictions. which represents the strength of the imagination. Ki because all these descriptions and these attributes that we attribute to God are in the aspect of the imagination and illusion. Because at the most abstract level, God Himself is dis- dissociated and it not associated um, at all with regard to our attributes that we uh, and our depictions of Him. We see that all these attributes and depictions are all in the aspect of the imagination. Therefore, when the Medameh is purified and rectified, then we're able to order for ourselves praises and all these sorts of attributes for God. Because when when the imagination is not rectified, then we don't know at all how to describe Hashem uh, as if to say with praises and with all these sorts of depictions and attributes. Because all these attributes and depictions come from the aspect of the imagination. So if the imagination isn't properly uh, isn't in its proper state, then we can't properly depict God. And this represents Chag which means festival. Which comes from the word which means to uh, with a compass, he marks it out. This, These depictions that we use with this aspect of Chag. So we see that Chag rectifies the Koha Khamedameh. Because the word Chag and it is is this aspect in Yitavu, and through this, once we rectify the Koha Khamedameh, we rectify the emunah. Because as we said above, emunah only exists in the place where our imagination is there. Because the second we know it with our intellect and with logic, it's no longer faith. It's knowledge. So, faith is only... The rectification of faith is dependent upon the rectification of the imagination. So what, once this occurs, once we rectify the imagination, then we rectify faith. She'i Rosh Hashanah which is the aspect of Rosh Hashanah because the essence of Rosh Hashanah which Rosh Hashanah represents the renewal of the world <laughs> because during Tishrei the world was created. During the month of Tishrei. the world was created as B'adana de Rosh Hashanah page 10b so we see that Rosh Hashanah represents the renewal of the world. Rosh Hashanah takes place on the first two days of Tishrei. So we see that Rosh Hashanah, and, which is the renewal of the world, depends on what is dependent upon faith. and this is why it says in the verse, on the covering over of the day of our festival, sorry, on the covering over of the moon, on the day of our festival, because the essential rectification of the imagination and faith It's through prophecy, as we said above. Therefore, Rosh Hashanah, which is the aspect of faith, is dependent upon uh, Sivan, the month of Sivan. Which is the month we receive the Torah. Through the month of Sivan, we rectify faith. And therefore, through the rectification of the imagination and faith, which is rectified through prophecy, and the aspect of what we said in the verse, uh, through this we merit the renewal, or the aspect of the renewal of the world, we merit this new song, which is this, which is the blowing of the Shofar, at the month's renewal, meaning what? At the renewal of the, the world. All of this is drawn from the, Aspect of revealing God's glory, in the, which is hinted in the word, as we said above. Because whenever we um, reveal God's glory, we merit the spreading of prophecy. The generality of all these aspects we mentioned above, all of them are created through what? What it says in the verse, as we finish off the verse, it's a statue to Israel, a law to the God of Yaakov. Meaning what? Um, um, sorry, shehu mate This is the aspect of the staff of strength, din, mishpat Ah, dez. dezin. Asin bechinot Because through the staff of strength, the prayer, and the aspect of Deen, when the when this barakoa gets up to pray. And to remove all the all the um, the daat and rachamim, which the evil side swelled, then we're able to accomplish all these aspects we talked about above, like we like we mentioned. ba'u Hashem, we merited to finish this most awesome lesson, the last lesson Rabenu ever gave. And maybe uh, may we have the merit to review this many, many more times uh, until till we know it, Baal Pebis Hashem, To apply all the words Rabbenu says in this with simplicity.